Preds play their first game in 12 days, and let's hope it's 12 years before we see a performance like that again. Preds absolutely crap the bed in a 5-1 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll break it down and the moment that made UC Saros the most mad I think I've ever seen him in a Preds uniform today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Lockdown Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Also want to mention today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. So make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So if you recall on yesterday's show, we said the big key for the Nashville Predators was see how they respond after this long break. Uh, We had mentioned a bad track record of the Preds coming out of some extended rest periods looking very flat. And... I don't know if we ever expected him to look this flat. <laughs> this, it was so bad. Like I was going to make an analogy that wasn't appropriate. So we're just going to move on and say, this was not the game that the Nashville Predators fans have waited almost two weeks to see. This was not the game, friends, that we wanted to see on the ice at Bridgestone Arena. Um, it was an excruciating underperformance for 60 long agonizing moments if you were there or if you watched the game on tv this was 60 minutes of your life you're just not going to get back the preds had 17 shots on goal and that is a generous number i was gonna say did they really the preds had six (laughs) shots through the first two periods and they did not get their 10th shot until halfway uh, mm-hmm. through the third, a offensive explosion at the end got Preds to 17 shots. Um, yeah, not not a good game all around. One of the worst I think I've seen the Predators play with this sort of group. Uh, yeah. Kind of give you throwbacks to those early 2000s Preds teams. And the thing is, and it started great. Matt Duchesne got the Preds up one nothing five minutes into the game. It was kind of a really good uh, passing play from Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg. A good setup. Uh, looked like, you know, the Preds were engaged. Looks like they were crisp. And then the wheels fell off. And it just took about a minute and a half till Michael Amadio on a breakaway tied up the game. And then it just kind of all went downhill from there. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights scored four unanswered goals, 5-1, the final score. Yeah. Dear God, Anne, what's your one word to describe last night's game? Okay, I want to preface my one word by saying this is my one word. This is not the one word from the team post game. So I want to be very clear about that. 
my one word for this game is something I call re-entry phenomenon. So my dear friend and I go on little weekend getaways. Sometimes she's got five kids. I have three kids. Sometimes mamas just need to get away. And we eat pie. We watch the West Wing. We go shopping. And we just kind of catch our breath. And everybody needs that every so often. The problem is when you're driving back home and you're like, gosh, I just feel so good. I've got my wits about me again. I'm ready to jump back in. I'm excited to, you know, be well rested, to be full of pie, to have just a little bit more spring in my step. And you're in this great mental space, but then you walk in the house and the kids are fighting and the kitchen's not clean and the laundry's overflowing and the husband is tired and crabby and you literally have to hit the ground running. And so anytime she and I go on vacation, we always do a re-entry phenomenon check-in. Like, hey, how is your re-entry? And I feel like the Predators had a really tough re-entry. And again, let me be clear. This was not their excuse. This was nothing that they said in the post game. This was not um, something that they tried to excuse this in this game. But for me, it really looked like how I have felt coming back and you open the door thinking I'm coming back in is snow white and my clean house and the birds are going to land on my fingers and the children are going to say, mom, we're so happy to see you. You're so wonderful. And it's literally, you open the door and it is a poop storm. It is, it is like the, uh, the Donald Glover gift from uh, community where he like yes. walks in with the pizza boxes smiling <laughs> and then his face drops and it's like the room's on fire and everybody's like trying to hit the fire and he's just like. Yes, re-entry. Re-entry, it's a real thing. It is a real yeah. thing. And I think, you know, the Predators will all say, John Hines said last night, look, this team was back. They were back. They were mentally, we thought they were where they needed to be. But what I saw last night just reminded me of re-entry phenomenon. Like they walked into the house and the kids had no pants on and the toilet was overflowing and the back door was open and the dog had escaped. That's what last night felt like to me. <laughs> it was yeah. bad. It was funny because I was going to use that same line. Mine was post-vacation depression. Yes. Because this is something that I can speak about firsthand. Because <laughs> that's it's the same thing. And it, but it's not like coming home to, you know, your chaos on fire or mm -hmm. whatever, whatever word or that is. Um, it's been a long morning. Um it, this is more of like, you know, you come back and you're you're not engaged, you want to be somewhere else. You know, you just spent like two weeks in Costa Rica or Bora Bora, wherever they wound up being, uh, you know, you're back and it's like, you know, all you can think about is, oh man, this is like a reality check. And that's kind of what the Predators look like. They mm -hmm. didn't look engaged at all. Like they look like they would rather be on a beach somewhere. And you and I kind of talked about this off camera and you know, Chris Mason kind of talked about it last night a little bit. It's not that the Vegas Knights outplayed the Nashville Predators. Yes. Because, you know, Vegas didn't really do anything special. It is just the Nashville Predators looking extremely bad. 
Yes. That, that's what this game boiled down to. I wouldn't, you know, this wasn't Vegas winning the game as much as the Predators absolutely giving them the game on a silver platter. I mean, 17 shots on goal, you know, 15 giveaways. And you, and you think it's like, Oh, you know, the, the Vegas certainly uh, you know, their maybe their defense or, you know, something like that really, you know, chucked up and didn't give the predators some shooting lanes. They had the same amount of block shots as the Nashville predators too. Right. So it's not like there was some massive defensive performance or they were just swarming around all the time. It was just the predators would get the puck and kind of forget what they were doing. You know, it's like if you're like playing NHL 23 EA sports while eating a slice of pizza, it's like, you're just kind of maneuvering the joystick while you're focused on something else and not really paying any attention to what's going on up there. Yeah. That's what it seemed like to me. And it just seemed like the predators just, you know, I I don't want to say didn't want to be there because I'm sure they were, Mm -hmm. you know, came in motivated. Right. But It just didn't, that didn't translate to how they played on the ice. I mean, they looked bad. The energy wasn't there. The focus wasn't there. And it's funny because, you know, they were off 12 days and they looked like they had just played like eight games in a row. Yeah, they did. They were a step behind their execution. Not terrific at all, especially in the first period. And once you start, um, you know, kind of bleeding out the way they did in that first period without generating very much offense and giving up the chances that they gave up and giving up the goals that they gave up. It was, it was a, a slow bloodletting the rest of this game. It was, it was tough. And I agree with you. I wouldn't say that the predators came in in a bad mental space. I would say they came in and were a little bit rocked and had trouble getting back on their skates. Well, let's talk about why that is, because this keeps happening. Like, why do the Predators have that re-entry reality check post-vacation depression? Because it's happened, it seems like every single time, like every long break they've had, they talk about that. So let's have that conversation in just a second. But first, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited that they're our new betting partner because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy and just in time because, Anne, what's happening this weekend? It is the Super Bowl and my giant cheese ball making. It is. You cannot bet on the giant cheese ball. Uh, I did scroll through FanDuel. There's no mm-hmm. cheese ball bets. But if you download FanDuel now, you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown Plenty of prop bets, like what will Patrick Mahomes' first play from scrimmage be? Will his first uh, pass be complete or incomplete? How many turnovers? All that kind of stuff. Name a bet. FanDuel's got it. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Get FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and now the official betting partner of Locked On. 
Yeah, and I want to go back to this conversation about the Predators always seeming to come out of a long break looking sluggish. And mm -hmm. I know that's like the standard NHL thing. Right. It's it's because it, you hear about it all the time. It's like, oh, you know, they they came back looking a little sluggish from the long break. And I get it. You want your legs under you uh, a little bit. But, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights had the same, same amount of time off as the right. National Predators did. Right. Uh, you mentioned the Florida Panthers the other night uh, beating Tampa seven to one. Also, same amount of time off. Right. So it's it's not a, it can't be an excuse for other teams. But it's dating back to last year, you know, when the Predators had some time after the stadium series, they had some time um, after the all-star break yes. and that weird Olympic break, um, you know, where the Olympics got canceled. So they're just like a game a week to fill in all the games that have been canceled or rescheduled to COVID. And remember that's when the wheels started falling off for them last year, where it's like they couldn't get into that groove uh, we saw it earlier this year. Remember when the uh, the pipe burst at Bridgestone yes. Arena and the Predators had to have that extended break. They also had that, um, you know, extended stay in Canada. Yes. There's just right. a lot. There's just a lot of moments where you go back and you look at all this extended rest and you think, oh, it's a time for the Predators to to rest up, get healthy. And then they wind up going on a bad run and I'm, I'm racking my brain and trying to figure out why, like, why is this an Achilles heel for this team? Mm -hmm. I think it's a fair question because like you said, this is something that we have seen from this team in different situations, but we've seen it repeatedly. Getting back on the horse is a little bit of a struggle for the Nashville Predators. And you have to wonder what is that about? And I don't think that it's a physical thing necessarily. I think they were all ready for a break. I think that this team was very tired after just emotionally and physically, you know, leading into the all-star break. 12 days off is a long time to be off. But again, in the post game, John Hines, Roman Yossi, Matt Duchesne, they are not making excuses. They're like, you know, we were back. We were mentally where we thought we needed to be. We were ready to go. We were focused. And it may, the only analogy that I could come up with for what may have happened and what may be something that happens to this team is, you know, if you're getting ready to have kind of a hard conversation with somebody like in a relationship and, and you know, it could be a hard conversation, but in your mind, you go over, here are my points and here is how I'm going to lay them out. And this is, they're going to understand what I'm saying and we're going to move past whatever this is. And you start having the conversation feeling like I feel very confident that my points are going to be understood and you have the conversation, but you're getting this feedback and all of the sudden you lose your points and you wind up walking down the street single all of a sudden. You know, it's kind of like, I think that's what happens with the Predators. It's not that I don't think that they were mentally prepared or I don't think that they were physically tired or sluggish intentionally necessarily. I feel like they thought in their mind, we're going to get back on the ice and this is how it's going to go. And yes, they started off with the goal by Matt Duchesne, but the play after that was poor execution, misplayed puck, 
not great defense. And it was like the game got away from them and they lost their points. They lost those points of this is what we need to do to get back on track. And the next thing you know, this game is is gone. It has gotten away from them. You know, Matt Duchesne said in the post game, you know, it's it's usually the team that comes out. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what the word is that he said. It's usually the team that comes out um, not the strongest, but who comes out the sharpest mm-hmm. right away that is going to kind of control things. And he said, yeah, we got that first goal, but then we kind of lost that. And once you lose that momentum, it's like a conversation that you thought was going to go one way and all of a sudden it's going the other way. And you could see that happening in real time to the predators. So for me, I don't know that it's a physical problem. Like I don't know that it's, they're a little slower. I don't know that it is, they're out of sync. I I wonder if it's a physical, it's a mental reset because this team has to do a lot of mental work to be successful. That's one thing I will say about this team. They have to do a lot of mental work to be successful. That's a concern. My thing is whose job is that? Is that the coach? Is that the coaching staff to make sure that they're, you know, engaged to make sure that, you know, they're focused, that his message gets across or are, is this on the players for making the mental lapses or coming in, not being focused or, you know, coming back from this extended vacation and, and dropping one of, one of your worst all around games Ooh. you've done all season where you just look, energized and i'm it might be a situation where it's a little bit of column a and a little bit of column b but this is a habit within this locker room Mm -hmm. and it's it's noticeable now where there are games in which you have a chance to come back and the message is clear the message for every single game like this where you're returning after a long break is clear for yes. all 32 NHL teams it's like look it may take a while for you to get your timing back to get your legs under you but make sure you are mentally sharp like make mm-hmm. sure you are in the game that is the message for every single team no matter how long the break for every single team in a game like this. And it didn't resonate. And that's so a concern. I want you to answer your own question. Give me a percentage, as my analyst husband says. Uh, what percentage of this responsibility falls on John Hines as the coach? And what percentage of the responsibility mentally falls on the players for you? I mean, who's the ones playing the game? Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is you gotta do players right i mean did we not see some of this yeah did we not see some of this with um peter laviolette i mean is is this a john hines phenomenon for this team And, and if and if that's the question then what's the answer yeah like do you shuffle that locker room if you're david poyle do you say you know what clearly there is something going on within that leadership in which this keeps happening. And I'm not saying that's what's happening, but if this is noticeable, does David Poyle ask that question? Be like, why are the leaders on this team 
routinely coming back from a long break. And again, like Chris Mason said it like on the show last night, he's like, yeah, you mean they, they showed their rust, you know, they came out a little bit sluggish from the break. So did Vegas. Fact. Vegas Fact. didn't have 17 shots on goal or six shots in the first two periods. Fact. Every team in the NHL had the same break. And if you're just going to rely on that built-in excuse every time, something needs to change. You need some more people that are going to lead by example. If that's if that's the sword you're going to fall on every single time you come back from a break looking this bad. Mm, I agree. I agree. Still a couple questions that we want to get to. And we need to talk about UC Soros. And one particular moment in this game with UC Soros that is something I don't think either one of us has ever seen before. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our great friends at Built Bar. Look, if you've listened to the podcast, you know Nick and I, huge Built Bar fans. And if you're like me, you're looking to make some better decisions with the new year, you've got to try Built Bar. With Built Bar, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they are so delicious that you are not even going to be thinking about how good they are for you. So what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, friends, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in a wide variety of great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie. They have a mint brownie that is to die for, friends. And I don't know how Built Bar does it, but I do know that these built bars taste like a candy bar but they still maintain really amazing macros. When you eat a built bar, you are consuming only about 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but you're getting a whopping 17 grams of protein. And look, now you don't have to wait around for a box to arrive in the mail at your door. For years we've talked about ordering at built.com, but now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and you can pick them up today. That's right, head to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section and you can grab yourself a box of built bars whether you want the cookies and cream or the double chocolate or you can even get coconut puffs or if you're close to sam's club and you think bigger is better run in there and grab yourself a 13 bar box with some of their favorite flavors i am a huge fan of the cherry barcia as well so check that one out you'll thank me later so go ahead and take some time today and pick up some Built Bars. You can do it again, Walmart, Sam's Club, and you can always go online to built.com and place your order. You're going to enjoy a Built Bar that's going to get you closer to your healthy goals. All right, Ann, there was a moment last night, uh, and I just want to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the John Hines decision not to challenge uh, the fourth Vegas goal, which kind of wound up being the backbreaker. Oh yeah. Uh, the Nashville Predators team. Uh, it was, you know, one of those plays you watch on replay and it's like, you get it. Why? Like, it's probably one of those things that probably shouldn't have been overturned regardless. But the reason we're talking about it is, a lot of the anger from UC Soros wow. at not being challenged. Rarely see that from any goalie in the NHL, much less UC Soros to throw his arms up to the bench, pound the stick on the ice, trying to get the attention, yelling over towards the bench. Like, 
Soros was hot. What do you make of it? Yeah. What do you make of that? Very interesting. My first reaction watching that was, hey, you, this needs to be looked at for goalie interference because Soros was flat down with a player, clearly a Vegas player, clearly in the blue ice that had made significant contact with him. And Soros immediately got up and motioned to the bench you know, yeah. motion to the ref. Like he was like, you better look at this. John Hines did look at this. Um, and of course the crowd looked at it, you know, when it was put back up on Fang Vision. But you see Soros, John Hines opted not to challenge it. And we talked to him about that in the post game. And, but I will tell you, I have never in my life seen you see Soros as animated and mad as he was when that, you know, when the two teams got together at center ice for puck drop after that goal, he pounded his stick. He is gesturing to the bench. He is yelling. He was mad. John Hines was asked about it in the post game. I said, hey, did you think about challenging this goal? And Hines said, look, we looked at the video and you can very clearly see Kevin Gravel pushed the player into Soros. And he said, you know, there was no way this was going to get overturned. It was very obvious that that player ended up in Soros because of Kevin Gravel. And here's my other thing. Can we talk about the absolute nebulous ambiguity, mysterious yeah. vapor that is goalie interference in the NHL right now anyway? What a freaking crapshoot this call is one way or the other. And that's almost to me like why you do challenge it. Really? Who knows how that's going to go? I mean, like we have seen much more blatant goalie interference, like not called as in like, they still ruled it a good goal. We have mm -hmm. seen less than that ruled goalie interference. I mean, it is like, it's like pass interference in football or uh, or like, oh, is it a catch? Is it not a catch? It's like, what's the line? You have yeah. no idea what the line is at this point because it's so all over the place. And it's mm -hmm. almost like, yeah, like the thing about Gravel clearly pushing, I don't know if I'd agree with clearly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely contact. Like they were both kind of going, but, you know, William Carrier, you know, flew like an eagle into UC Soros. Yeah. And also didn't make a big effort to get back up and get out of the way either. So no. it's almost like there, there's two things. It's a, was it like clear, you know, him shoving him? I, I don't know if I would say there is clear, like shoving him over. Uh, and also it's like, did Carrier make enough of an effort to get out of the play or did he, you know, continue to, um, you know, linger this past. Yeah. And yeah. so there's a lot there that, you know, and at that point, if, you know, you lose the challenge, it's still four to one. And at that point it's, you know, I, I don't know to me, it, to me, it would have been worth the risk, but that's I, just me. I don't know that I would have, having seen it in, in that moment from what I could see from the angle that we saw on the replay, I can see why people be like, look, you've got to challenge that for goalie interference where the game was. But I also feel like where the game was, could the predators take one more punch? 
And well, that was that was their one more punch. Like that was their like that four to one. I mean, that was game over at that point. Right, but I ju I just don't think I don't think they could have taken the deflation of of this call didn't go our way. It, it, I I just feel like you know, and then you have to look at too. Okay, if you then don't get that call, you've got a guy in the penalty box. Right, but, and, but is, you that know, any, is that any worse than where you are at this moment? Because I think it, I think it is. But where you're at at this moment is it's four to one. You haven't gotten anything on goal and the air just deflated. Like it yeah. just completely emptied out of the crowd. Like, yeah, you challenge it. You have to go to the box. You risk maybe it being five to one at that point. It wound up being five to one anyway. <laughs> the yeah. thing is, if you challenge it and you overturn it, then it's at least still three to one. I would, I, in, I'll be honest. I would one not goal, one goal from the Preds changes the whole perspective of it. I would, I just, I would not have challenged. I, I would not have challenged it. Having seen it later on and seeing, I would not have challenged it because I felt like the predators were in, in a, in a fragile state, my friend, yeah, well, <laughs> but you know, Heinz felt very sure in, in the post game, Heinz was like, look, it wasn't going to get overturned, which who, I mean, it literally feels like a crapshoot. Yeah, I mean, he could be right. Like he, absolutely I don't know. Could be right. But why not? I don't know. The only thing worse than a, than a three goal lead is a four goal lead. <laughs> Just yeah, tell that to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I get both sides. I just yeah. think at that point, it's like I think you got to go YOLO a little bit. Yolo. And you're right. I I don't looking at the replay. I don't think it would have gotten overturned. But you get the right ref crew. Who knows? Like it, it, it's goalie yeah. interference. Is just who knows? Anyway, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's where the Nashville Predators are right now, uh, and. They have, guess what? Another break. Yeah. Yeah. I um, talked to John Hines and I talked to Matt Duchesne about that. Like, hey, you got three days off. And, you know, John Hines said, look, in a case like this, you want to get back on the ice. You want to get up at, back out there and play another game, but we can't. So we've got to take the time that we're given and we have got to use it wisely. We've got to figure out why did this happen and what are we going to do to prevent it again? And I will say this, uh, Matt Duchesne and John Hines both said, these three days are going to be put to good use and we will be ready for Philadelphia. I don't know that the fan base is going to buy that. I am going to go out on a limb and I am Charlie Brown, my friend, and the Nashville Predators are Lucy holding that football and I'm going to line up and I'm going to get ready to kick it and say, we could see a very different team on Saturday. Am I just a optimist? Perhaps my friends, but you know, we'll see what they do with this, you know, extra time off. Heaven help us. Heaven help us, Nick. Please do something positive. That's all I ask. Yeah, anything. Anything would be great. Anything would be great. We'll have to see. It is a Saturday afternoon game uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers, who aren't great, but neither were we. The Predators last night. <laughs> uh, more on that. Uh, interesting discussion coming up tomorrow, uh, based on a Elliot Friedman podcast that just dropped. Maybe a sign that there could be a, a giant roster move or two around the corner for the Nashville Predators. 
We will talk about that tomorrow and the crushing death blow that is the Nashville Predators salary cap situation. Uh, a, a definite sign that there are going to be some major changes coming just a matter of when. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. And until we get there, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Also be sure to follow the podcast, LO underscore Predators. And however you're listening to us, whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform or watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you'll always know when we have fresh content out for you. That's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. See you then.